Welcome into the Esports Network podcast where we delve into almost anything esports and gaming related, including, you know, just the, the latest in the business side of esports, the latest on the gaming. We'll have coaches, players, executives on. And sometimes we even like to delve into the journeys of certain people within this industry. And to help me do that, let's welcome in Karen Mendoza, the Chief Business Development Officer for Legendary Shift. Karen, how you doing? I'm doing great, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I have you on now. We we had a little meet and greet beforehand, and I was just so, so enthralled and fascinated with your story that I figured, you know what, why not share it with, with everybody else who, you know, people don't always get the the behind the scenes view of the people working on, you know, the, the latest and greatest in, in the industry. So, I, I mean, for people who don't know, Karen, you are an ex-Nintendo of America retail operations and, and technology uh, manager. Of course, you're, you know, you worked there for how many years exactly? I can't even tell you. 15 years at Nintendo of America. 15 years. That's, that's, that's 15 years on the GameCube, on the, the Wii, Wii U, Switch, the DS, DS Lite, all those, those consoles all that we that. played. You were res- kind of uh, had a hand in marketing those to the audience, to the people, really, right? That's right. I, I, I was fortunate and, and lucky enough to help contribute to the launches of some of the world's uh, best uh, gaming platforms, starting with the GameCube, uh, Game Boy Advance, uh, DS, 3DS, all of that, and uh, some, some great memories from, from all of those platform launches, for sure. So talking about memories, of course, uh, I kind of wanted to start your journey at, at, at the very, very beginning, right? <laughs> Uh, I know you. You mentioned it to me before. You you emigrated from the Philippines to the fancy, the, the the Bay Area, really in the, in the '80s. Can you talk about that experience of you know being an immigrant and kind of moving into you know uh, I guess a new a new country? That's right, Kevin. Um, thank you for for spotlighting sort of my immigrant story. Uh, I'm very proud of it. I'm proud to um, to share it, uh, especially in light of sort of the social and cultural um, movements that we've had uh, recently. But uh, yes, I was born in the Philippines, which is a country in Southeast Asia. And my family and I immigrated to the U.S. San Francisco Bay Area is where we settled. We, we came here in 1982, right at the um, sort of heart of uh, certainly the 80s and the whole electronics boom and even um, the video game world uh, was just starting to to emerge. And um, really the, the very first, I remember the very first toy or electronic product I got my hands on along with my brother. I had to share it with my older <laughs> brother, but it was the Game & Watch. And um, we were just so fascinated by this portable gaming device. Um, you know, one of the very first portable systems that Nintendo, I think, licensed Um and then from there, it was my brother and I just, we, we both kind of asked uh, our parents for, excuse me, for, for Commodore, the Commodore 64, uh, Atari 2600 was in our house, and then 5200 from there on. And, and uh, that was the sort of the, the start and the trigger for my love for video games. Um, and I, I never thought I would have a career in it. But uh, certainly, um, that's that's where I landed. 
I mean, so you, you pretty much got started on the first real wave of home consoles, which is, you know, for a lot of people, uh, you know, back in the 80s, I imagine, you know, an arcade was really the the, the, the go to place in the 70s and probably up to the, the mid 80s. But it, by the time you, you came to the, into the country, you obviously had a hand in in, in playing those portable, those, those, those take home consoles, if you will. And that, I imagine that kind of led to a big reason why you enjoyed and went to Nintendo, right? Yeah, I mean, the, my my journey to get to Nintendo was was uh, not a direct path for sure, and I didn't know I, I didn't set out to um, have worked at Nintendo. In fact, um, my story is that I I wanted I travel after college. I traveled to Seattle, Washington. Um, and with the hopes back in 2001, with the hopes of either landing a position or a job at Microsoft, because I knew they were about to launch their first gaming console in the original Xbox. Mm -hmm. And then I also knew that Nintendo was also launching, um, there's the successor to the Nintendo 64, which was in 2001, the GameCube. So based on sort of the internship I had at my, uh, at my college internship, which was working at a video game company um, at Fox Interactive. Uh, and when that internship and that opportunity ended, I knew that I wanted to stay in video game, in the video game industry. And if I, I also knew I wanted to stay kind of in the West Coast area. So, and I wanted to leave LA. So the <laughs> next best city to go to was Seattle. And sure enough, you know, working through my contacts and just having that determination to either land a job at Microsoft or Nintendo, I, I eventually got a job, uh, um, an administrative position and the sales and marketing division of Nintendo, which then led to uh, kind of a, a unique career path for me in that company. And then 15 years later, had uh, so many great um, professional uh, experiences and opportunities with that company. And so let's, let's backtrack a bit, right? So you, you, you go to UCLA, very prestigious school right. out in LA. And then, you know, you, you get that internship with, I believe it, it was with, with Fox Sports, a subsidiary, Fox Interactive through their video game company. And you, you, you end up getting a position there. And so really, it, it's kind of like a, a, an enthralling story. You know, you start off, uh, the, you know, the immigrant coming in to the country and then you, you kind of work your way and build yourself up to, you know, the, this, this amazing, you know, for a lot of you, it would be a dream job if you think about it, it with Nintendo. But, Talk to me about that experience at college, right? Did, did you did you know immediately like, oh, video games where I'm going or I guess I'm trailing towards marketing. I'm, I'm trailing towards, you know, this more more STEM related position. How did that work out for you? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, so, yeah, I, I should backtrack before I start talking about <laughs> Nintendo, although Nintendo is always the the very interesting part of my my personal life and professional life that everybody wants to to talk about. But, yeah, the the. So I grew up in the Bay Area, immigrated from the Philippines, grew up in the Bay Area, uh, got an opportunity to, to uh, go to UCLA for my undergraduate. I was 
majored, I declared my major going into UCLA as a biology major, thinking I was going <laughs> to get into biomedical engineering. And then I, uh, it was a kind of a moment of truth because I, I took my first organic chemistry course at UCLA and uh, failed it miserably oh, no. and um, realized that I was amongst the best of the best other science and uh, technology, you know, um, prodigies and that, you know, I, I needed to um, maybe consider a different major and, you know, went through the typical sort of exploring other majors and eventually uh, landed or, or, or settled into economics. I got a bachelor's, a bachelor's degree in economics from uh, UCLA and why I stuck with an economics degree, the, the whole supply and demand curves and, and that whole concept of how markets work um, just it just came naturally to me or it made sense to me. It made a lot more sense than organic chemistry <laughs> <laughs> and, and those courses. So um, I got some decent grades in, in, in the economics courses. And my... Um, I think it was my junior year of UCLA, a friend of mine had been interning at um, Fox, uh, Fox Studios Network, and she was graduating. And so she recommended me uh, to take her place uh, to intern at Fox. And it was right around the time that Fox, the network, had decided to um, uh, do a kind of an incubator startup, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, form this, this startup company that focused um, on video game development based on Fox um, film properties. So we, we worked on games such as uh, we actually worked on aliens versus predator, predator, die hard trilogy, uh, Simpsons wrestling, um, <laughs> world's scariest police chases, Buffy, the vampire slayer, some great, some great, um, licenses and franchises from the Fox library of, of, um, franchises. And I got to work in the PR public relations department. Um, I started off as an intern, and once I graduated from UCLA in the late 1990s, in 1999 was when I graduated, uh, they offered me a job to stay on as a PR manager for them. And so I got to oversee and manage um, press releases for new game launches, press tours for not just the Fox Interactive, but also we we branched out to Fox Sports mm -hmm. Interactive. So we did things like we, we, we launched games like um, NBA Basketball 2000, Fox Sports Interactive, uh, NHL Hockey 2000. Uh, that was also <laughs> this was before the 2K was out there with NBA 2K and hockey. So that was that those were some fun times. And I, I there was some some fun trips for sure and some fun fun events um creative events because we had the backing of a great studio property or studio entertainment network of fox but you know this this emerging industry that is you know video games um one of my best one of my best memories it, while i was an intern at fox uh, interactive was um, doing um, a couple of shows at uh, the Billboard Music Awards mm -hmm. and having all of these 
musical artists and hip hop, you know, superstars stop in and we, we created this Fox Sports Interactive and Fox Interactive Gaming Lounge for the celebrities at Billboard Music Awards to just kick back and relax before they had to go on stage. And those were some of the best memories, some of the best. This was before the whole iPhone and selfies and all of that. So I've got some great 35 millimeter uh, <laughs> pictures, Kodak, <laughs> Kodak film pictures of, of me and Snoop Dogg and me and Ice Cube and, and LL Cool J goodness. and some of my, my favorite hip hop stars. <laughs> Oh goodness! I mean, that's that's you're dating yourself a little bit. Thirty-five millimeter. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're fooling around, but it's it's uh, it's interesting, right? So you, obviously, you're that that position at Fox kind of laid the foundation for moving into that 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 video game industry, and then Fox Interactive is is dissolved at some point, and and you kind of are out of a job, and then you, so you decide to make this this kind of not haphazard, but you know, just kind of like we're going to go up to Seattle with no contacts with no, no, but we don't know anybody. We're just going to kind of, you know, fiddle our way through and, and land a, a job somewhere in Nintendo or, or, or Microsoft really. So, I mean, talk me through that journey. That's an interesting aspect of, of your story that I think a lot of people kind of don't realize it, it, it's harder than it looks to get a job at one of these major corporations. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was another uh, similar to my organic chemistry um, at UCLA story. Here's another moment of truth for me when um, my the, the senior leadership at Fox Interactive uh, gathered us all in a conference room and said, um, well, you know, the studio has decided to dissolve uh, this 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 video game division because they found it more profitable to license out to more to other more established bigger game studios like EA Activision THQ at that time <laughs> um, to license out their properties and so here I was in 2001 I found myself out of a job um, and you know kind of took it personally because I thought I was doing great, great work, uh, certainly had positive reviews, positive feedback from all the clients I served and all the people I worked with. But it, you know, that was really the first sort of, again, moment for me to say, sometimes it's not about, you know, um, me and my performance. It really is just, again, how the economics of, of the business works. And so, that moment, I, I really, you know, took um, into account, I mean, it was a point of reflection for me to think through, okay, well, now, wh where do I want to go? What do I want to do? And, and I was still so, so mesmerized, I, I'll use that word, I, I was still so, like, just excited about this industry that is video games and i mean i was a fan myself with again the game and watch the atari 2600 all of that and the playstation when that that came out um and and so i knew i wanted to stay in this industry and that's why i packed up i came i, I went <laughs> I, I had my little studio apartment in la but i made the point um i think it was in in May of 2001 to pack up my little Honda Civic hatchback, uh, pack it up with everything I owned in LA and uh, 
drove up to Seattle, no apartment, no job, just took my Rolodex of business cards and contacts that I've gathered and accumulated over the years and uh, used my sort of my, my personal connections, my professional network to say, hey, I just moved into town. We work together on this press tour or this article that I helped you write or we, we worked on together and just really worked my my um again my connections and you know it really goes to show you know never burn bridges always always you know um you know it, uh, keep a positive attitude and and always be connecting with people because you never know where that could lead you and and somebody gave me a tip to um they knew I wanted to either land a job at Microsoft or Nintendo, and they gave me a tip to, to apply to this, the temporary staffing companies mm -hmm. of those companies, of, of both of those big brands. And I did that and sure enough, got a temporary staffing assignment to work at Nintendo. And from there, um, just kind of got the attention of some Nintendo executives who said, you're not it's you're not the typical temporary staffer that we usually get for for the, for these types of assignments you certainly have the experience so they they encouraged me to apply to some internal um jobs and again like i said 15 years later i um you know got to work there so 15 years mm -hmm. i mean you took a little break in between you you kind of worked uh you know you want to get back home uh, to the, right. the Bay Area, and so you took a little communications uh, director of communications position at some at some public school districts, and that was I'm sure that was that was a fascinating career there. But uh, yeah. <laughs> for the most part, Nintendo comes back to you after the uh, I guess a period of two years early in the mid 2000s, right? And so they, right. they ask you to come back and they're like, hey, do you want to take up this this little position we're opening up in the Bay Area? And you're you're pretty much like, oh, this is like this is serendipity. Let's 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 do this again. Sure, why not? You're right. You're right. Uh, man, you're like, uh, you're like my voice of God telling, <laughs> repeating back some of the best memories of my life. But yeah, so I got to work out of the headquarter campus of Nintendo of America in Redmond, Washington, uh, for a, for a period of five years. And in 2006, um, I, had to or I wanted to get back to the Bay Area for personal and family reasons and I, I was missing my my support my 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 um support network of family and friends here in the Bay Area and I was kind of all by myself and yes I made some friends and I had some great so, uh, co-workers and support network in Seattle but I eventually decided I wanted to come back home to the Bay Area and I did that spent a couple of years working in some public school districts here in the Bay Area Hayward Unified School District and Fremont Unified School District and that two-year stint gave me such a great um, broad experience of labor union negotiations, <laughs> parent community communications, um, just all of the stellar work that the teachers and the students do together inside the classrooms, all of the great work that the district employees of public education and, and the school board members, what they have to do together. So it gave me this very, very unique perspective of the whole public education system 
in the Bay Area and it was reflective of California and the rest of the country. And I think, you know, it really did serve me well, my video game experience, because if you think about it, the, the, the customers, the end users of video games were very much similar to the end users of public education, which is, you know, K through 12 students as well. So there was definitely that overlap. But um, but yeah, in 2008, right at the um, sort of the, the, the start of or the middle of the Great Recession that we were facing, a lot of my work in public education was about budget cuts and what we were going to how we were going to try to keep, you know, school programs going. And lo and behold, I get a call from my former boss at Nintendo who says, hey, Karen, we just opened up a sales and marketing office in the Bay Area. Would you be interested in, in rejoining the company and helping us build out uh, the, the office in the Bay Area? And that, Kevin, was, was so tremendous to me because I, I call it the Bob bailout plan for me <laughs> because Bob Bob's call, my, my former boss at Nintendo, called at such a, a, a Time, timely time for me when here I was struggling with, um, you know, just the whole, you know, state and national recession of public agencies. And then here's Nintendo, a for-profit company that says, come back, we, we can pay you well, we know you know this job, and we, we need your help. And so right timing, right time, just lucky to have been in that, um, in that position. That's usually how the best opportunities pop up. Just it's the right timing, right opportunity. And you're just like, uh, I'll say yes. You know, yes, I'll say yes. <laughs> That's right. And then 10 years later, I mean, I got to work out of the, the sales and marketing um, division in the Bay Area here for, for another 10 years, you know, and and um, certainly it's, it's a great company, great brand. Um, and I think the world of, of Nintendo for sure. Okay. So I'll, I'll, leave, you, I'll, I'll leave the Nintendo thing alone for... A second, uh, but I, I do want to get two last questions in, okay? What were the, sure. the best moments you had in Nintendo, and what legacy do you think you left there? Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll tackle the first question first. The best moment, um, best moments of Nintendo, I will have to, there's two that come to mind. Number one was uh, the introduction, the, the introduction of the Wii. Um, this was in 2006 and the the employees of nintendo at that time right before we were going to do a public announcement for people to actually get their hands on the the wii um they had a they kind of deployed it and rolled it out introduced it to the employees and my first hands-on demonstration with the wii it was is so so fun so magical and 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 kind of watching others and watching my other uh, colleagues and friends and peers um enjoy that experience was was i will never forget it because we were just talking about it so much i mean with tech not with marketing a new technology and its features it can be very complicated sometimes but the Wii was so much fun and Wii Sports, you know, one of the best selling games that, you know, for that platform was so much fun that we knew we had a hit product on our hands. The second best moment we had, or I personally had that same experience of the, the goosebump 
gifts and the, the magical feeling and the feeling of fun when they introduced the Nintendo Switch mm. um, to us at, in 2017. And same, same sort of giddy feeling, same sort of um, amazing amazement and excitement amongst the employees uh, when that rolled out. So we knew, again, we had a, a pretty good product hit on our hands when that came out. So those are the two best moments. Um, uh, your second question about the legacy I hoped to leave mm -hmm. uh, at Nintendo. Mm -hmm. I'll say that, um, you know, I am one of um, the, the, the many uh, significant contributors to helping that company launch a number of different innovative products um, over, over the time, over the 15 years that I got to spend with them. And I think the legacy I want to I would hope to have left. I mean, I've left that company, but it's it's the um, adding to the culture. They certainly have this family friendly culture about it. And I got to lead a team, a department of um, of individuals and and employees, and and certainly that that feeling of of being part of a family is the legacy I hope um, to have left there because we were certainly in, in, in it in the, in the good times for sure. And then also supportive and helpful and in it during the not so good times. And, you know, just like a family, dysfunctional or functional, hopefully more functional than dysfunctional, um, we, we had some of the best times, some of the best um, annual sales meetings. Um, we call it our annual reunion, family reunion <laughs> of sorts. And those were some of the best um, moments. But, um, but yeah, that, that, that instilling that family culture in the department that I got to run was certainly the legacy I hope to have left. And so now, now we have to transition because I see in your, in your uh, video that you have the legendary shift behind you. And so I figured this is the right That's time right. to bring it up. Uh, you leave Nintendo for legendary shift. Uh, you become their chief business development officer. I mean, how does, how did that transition work out for you? I mean, to Nintendo was the dream job, right? And I feel like everybody says, you know, once you have the dream job or you're, you're making enough money, you're, you're satisfied with where you are in your career, you want to do something more meaningful afterwards. So is that what this move really was for you? That's right. That's right. It was meaningful and purposeful, purposeful. I, 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 there was just this entrepreneurial itch that I wanted to scratch. And I, um, while at Nintendo, I got uh, my MBA. I was doing an MBA uh, program part-time through Pepperdine University. And um, after I got my MBA, I was just so fascinated about just how small businesses you know, run and, and which is so interested in working at a smaller, uh, lesser known firm. And um, the, the, the jump from Nintendo to Legendary Shift happened because I was working um, with a, a team, an agency, a, a marketing agency partner of Nintendo, which is the Game Truck. Mm -hmm. um, and I know, I hope that you'll have uh, the, the founder of the Game Truck on your show soon, uh, Scott Novis. But um, Game Truck and Nintendo were partnered for a number of years. And I saw, uh, and I got to work with that, with the Game Truck team intimately on a project, on a, on a 
recent project for the Nintendo Labo, which is their DIY cardboard innovative product again. And, um, and in just talking to the game truck team, they were on the verge of starting up an esports company as well. And I had just finished my MBA, uh, just gotten my MBA degree, and I was talking through some of the strategic plans, I th- you know, ideas that um, I was kind of consulting them on. And, and um, then I, you know, kind of realized that my passion and energy was, was going more towards helping them figure out uh, the, you know, game truck strategic planning and, and their bravest esports strategic planning. And that kind of led me to say, Hey, you know what, would there be room for me to help you build this business out? And they said, really, you would do that? You would leave Nintendo to help us out? And I said, well, you know, the one one way is that there would be no cutoff from Nintendo because I would still be handling the Nintendo account for them on the game truck side, still get to work with my game truck friends and family members, but on the other side of the negotiation table, if you will. And they agreed to it. Legendary shift team agreed to it. Nintendo team, you know, was, was happy for me that I was still going to be, you know, part of their planning process for experiential marketing um, programs. And yeah. And, and I'm, I'm thrilled to have gotten this experience with legendary shift because it's come a completely different way of going to market way of uh, there's there's definitely an agility and a flexibility um in the smaller business than you would have in corporate america with multiple layers of approval processes and whatnot so now i'm i feel so fortunate to have gotten again this unique experience this unique perspective of what it takes to run a kind of a smaller lesser known firm than a global brand like nintendo I mean, Karen, it sounds like an amazing dream job for you, really. Just an insane uh, kind of transition, you know, going from Nintendo to the game truck, which for people who don't know, game truck is, it's amazing. It, they, they bring the this truck out filled with consoles, you know, computers, all, all this other stuff where kids who normally don't get a chance to play these games at home or at school, they'll get a chance to play it there. And obviously, Bravest Esports is the, the, the production company guys kind of handle as well. But for the most part, this seems like you move from a, a more product-oriented company from Nintendo to an experience and entertainment company, yeah. would, would you say it's like a more fulfilling position in that way for you? It's it's interesting. Yeah, Kevin, I think, you know, um, Fox Interactive and Nintendo, I would say that that type of sales and marketing work was all about the product, all about the product launch and what we were doing to build up and to explain the product. With Legendary Shift uh, be- between... Um, our work on the game truck side and Bravest Esports and soon the connected affinity side, mm-hmm. it is all about, you know, us being invited to people's homes and to their schools and to their colleges to, to deliver uh, a great experience and event for them. I mean, it's event it's a little bit of event planning, event management, event delivery. But more than anything, it's um, what I really love about the position I'm in now. It's almost um, having to do and and see the work and the results of our work 
by the customer behavior, by the what, how they're experiencing the event that we deliver for them, how they're, you know, celebrating some of the best moments of their life, either if it's a birthday, a family reunion, a graduation with a game truck, or, or just trying to engage maximum have some find some maximum engagement time with students when um, the colleges are inviting bravest esports to do some esports event on campus. So it's you know I, I go from a product marketing company to truly kind of a, a human uh, human connection company is is our tagline at Legendary Shift. We really are a human connection company in all sense of the word, and not so much about the technology it's about how are people reacting to um the experiences we provide now i, I know you're working at nintendo for a number of years obviously but when you come into legendary shift and, and you hear about bravest esports and you know the fact that esports is, is this growing industry i mean i'm not sure if, if esports is ever on fox's or nintendo's radar for the most part what was your first reaction when you heard Competitive gaming, esports, it was a was a, an emerging market that you could really tap into. Well, the the I think the opportunity that I saw was that when I learned that Bravest Esports, their uh, approach to it was more about um, coaching younger players for the more social, competitive, fun elements of it. And and um, learning learning about how to get better at games and learning the teamwork and the camaraderie w- that it takes to be part of a professional esports team. That whole sort of that that mo- that younger market really appealed to me. Um, you know, certainly when I was researching esports as a capstone project for business school it was all about the business of esports and the the big you know esports arena and the sponsorships and the media buys and and all you know the the publishing costs and development costs to create a great engaging game um and competitive game in esports that was all I, I knew that there's a lot of money and dollars flowing in that aspect but what again attracted me to the bravest model was it was more just like their game truck business it was more community based it was about building and strengthening a community of younger players the one thing i learned working at uh, the great global company of Nintendo is, you know, you really, you know, they're so masterful at instilling that nostalgic um, feeling at such an early age. And, you know, I mean, these are why there's such strong fandoms of Mario and Luigi and Pikachu over the years that is timeless and classic and that will never really go away. I think there's there's a magic in that when you get um, when you, when you get to to introduce a new product or a new experience at, at the younger ages and and it becomes sort of their sort of nostalgic moment of oh yeah that's when I first learned I had a love for technology or for gaming or for competing in video games uh, to me personally that's what I really enjoy. Um, 
uh, you know, digging into and finding out and, and really cultivating that audience and, and, and that element of that audience is how else can we help help bring you some of those moments of like that are transformational for some people, you know? So that's really, that's really exciting and rewarding for me personally. I mean, that's, that's amazing. You've answered almost every question I have for you and you, you've really knocked out of the park. I just have one last one for you. Obviously you're a woman, you're, you're of Asian descent. You, you come to the country as an immigrant for a lot of people. They, they would look up to you as, as kind of like this, this pillar of the American dream, but for people out there who are, kind of, who are kind of struggling, other other young women who are looking to get in the industry, possibly other young minorities looking to get in, they want to get involved in gaming, they want to get involved in the marketing, the business side of it. I mean, how what advice could you give to them or, or, or on where they should begin that career path or just kind of grinding out uh, the positions that you, you often had to grind out yourself? Yeah, for sure. No, thank you for asking this question. This is so important to me, um, you know, as I mentor and guide other, you know, young women uh, in the in the world of business or even young, young people, it doesn't even have to be with <laughs> young people of, of any any uh, background, nationality or religion, you know, to me, being um sort of the, the, the minority, a per person of color, female gendered, um, you know, I, I think, how did I navigate around it? There is certainly a, a, a lot of, a lot of just perseverance and determination. And really, for me, I mean, I'm still learning every day to, to, to use my voice, to use my visibility, to use my um, sort of, uh, the validation of my past experience, past journey, you know, I'm, I'm again, so fortunate and grateful to have had a UCLA degree, to have an MBA from Pepperdine, to have uh, the experience at Fox Network and Nintendo and uh, the public education system. But all of those calculated moves and and you know gosh, when I was when I was making those moves, I didn't think they were calculated. I thought they were just man, they, I was just lucky and, and the right, right place at the right time. But as I look back on my career journey, um, it, it truly was meeting the moment and, and being confident with who I am and what I can contribute. And I never really think about it as, as, you know, I'm, I'm a woman, I'm, I'm the, the sole, the only female voice in the room of, you know, a boardroom full of males in there. It's not that it's, it's truly the, it's about, it's always, for me, it's always been about the work. It's always been about the product I'm promoting or, or, or selling or marketing or, or the initiative or the project I'm, I'm helping to, to launch. And, and yes, I think just in the past year, two years, even the past five years, I've, I've really thought, more um, deeply about, especially because I've got young kids of my own, a boy and a girl, and 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 now kind of having them navigate this world of that we live in today, especially with social media, I find myself having to remind my kids, myself, other other young people to you know be confident. Don't be afraid to speak out. Um, if it's, you know, you feel strongly about a certain topic or a certain idea, you know, and, and 
be confident and courageous <laughs> and always be connecting. ABC, I, I tell every young people, <laughs> always be connecting because you never know how the journey of life just um, gets you to where you want to be or where you should be. You know, I don't. Yeah. So that was a really long rambly answer. No, that's okay. That's perfect. Uh, let me tell you, as a father of a daughter who, who was recently born a few months ago, I, I, I hope there are more people coming along like yourself that, that give off these rambling answers because that's, that's, these are real answers. These aren't like, you know, scripted manufactured answers. This, this is from a real trailblazer kind of really emphasizing their career path. And I, I'm, I'm glad someone like you could come here and explain their career path. And I really, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, Karen. It's been, you've been an absolute joy to talk to. And honestly, I, I'd love to have you back on in a year and see where you're at with legendary shift and you know, what your, what your, your, your thoughts, if they change at all regarding, you know, uh, how you interconnect with people and, 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 and really how you, uh, your, your career path has changed if at all. But uh, thank you for coming on the show. I really can't thank you enough. Thank you, Kevin. This was so much fun. I, um, you know, enjoyed uh, getting to know you as well. And and please, uh, I would be happy to come back on your show and talk more about Legendary Shift and, and the future of esports uh, with you anytime. Perfect. I'll, I'll get my wife the uh, the discount code you slipped me for the game truck. No, 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 no. You bet. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're just filling here. But honestly, Karen, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I'll leave all the social media, all the uh, all the, the links in the podcast description below. You guys can check out Legendary Shift, check out Game Truck, Bravest Esports, and soon Connected Affinity. And you guys are still working on that, so we'll get that up and going for you guys as well. But Karen, thank you again for coming on. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. She's Karen Mendoza, C, uh, not C, excuse me, Chief Development Business Officer of Legendary Shift. And I'm just a guy. I'm just Kevin Carrera right here on the Esports Network Podcast. Yeah.